0: she started to cry and thought he ain't coming home she was tired of the lies tired of the fight but she didn't want to see him go she fell on her knees and said i haven't prayed since i was young
1: The music video that we just saw is by a group called Third Day. They no longer perform. Uh, they were very popular in my day. I liked them because they uh, talked about their influences, and one of their influence was the group Leonard Skinner, which is a big, big group that I love and grew up listening to, and they had a big impact on me. Uh, again, another group of people who heard God's call and went forward to do what it was that they were called to do regardless of what other people felt or thought and Abraham one of our founding fathers of our faith was one of those guys also he was called by God to go out and do something that that seemed rather insignificant but as history reveals what he did had a big impact on who we are as a people who we are as a community who we are as Christians. And much like the people that we saw in the video today, I want to talk about life a little bit. It's a man and a woman who who got married and they were struggling. And what happens a lot of times with people when they first get married and they first start out is, is we think, we have these ideas in our minds about how grand and glorious it's going to be, and we don't realize the struggle that comes along. That many times when we begin that part of our life, it is not as pretty as what we had romantically thought of in our mind and there are times that when our faith is put to the test and there are times that that we want to quit that we want to give up sometimes it's we want to to quit and move on to a different aspect of our life and sometimes it gets so bad for people that we want to quit and leave this world and I know those things sound terrible but those things are what we call life it doesn't stop for anyone those are real life experiences, real life feelings. And we as Christians are called to overcome and be more than the, what society would expect. And that's what I see in Abraham's call. Today's passage of scripture comes from the book of Genesis, chapter, chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. The word of God says that the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country your people and your father's household to a land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on all earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was Seventy-five years old, when he set out from Haran, he took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. And Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree at Merah at Sketchum, and that time that the Canaanites were in the land, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to your offspring, I will give this land. And from there, he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward Negev. This is the word of God for the people of God. So I get to be the standstill preacher today. All right. And and that's just a point, a little point that we need to make in life. Life doesn't always happen the way that we want it to. We have to be ready and willing to adapt to life circumstances each and every day. There are so many times in life where we follow a particular system, a particular thought, and it works out great, but then something happens and it messes everything up. We have to always be ready to adapt. And like Abraham's name here, in the early text of the scriptures, he is not known as Abraham, he is known as Abram. And his wife is not known as Sarah, she is known as Sarai. Later on in their walk with God, God himself changes their name to reflect where they are at with, uh, with their walk with him. So even though the passage today says Abram, we are going to refer to him as Abraham because that's how he is better known. Abraham was our founding father. He was one of the very first to hear the voice of God. The wonderful thing to me about Abraham is this. He did not have the resources or the knowledge of God that we have today. There was no Bible written in his day. There was no Old Testament or a New Testament. The only thing that Abraham had to to stand on was the voice of God that he heard call. That's it, nothing else. He may have had someone else's testimony that, that we don't know about who have had an experience with God. But for all we know, Abraham heard only the Spirit of God call and he recognized that voice and answered. And I find that strange because in today's society, many of us will hear the Spirit of God call, and instead of saying, Yes, Father, we'll say, Who are you? Is that not true? I'm just as guilty of it as you are, because when I hear the Spirit of God call, I want a reasoning behind what it is that he's calling me to do. I want an understanding. I want a five-year plan so I can see how it all plays out. But God doesn't work in that fashion. Not yesterday, not today, and if he is consistent with his uh, character in the future, he probably won't do it then either. We take God at his word. And we take him at the Spirit's call for who he says he is. And we are challenged in life to to go out and do the things that he calls us to do. Now, Abraham was called to leave his homeland and go to a land that he didn't know. Now, in this passage of Scripture, it talks about him leaving Haran. But when we look into the book of Acts, what we find out is Even prior to this calling, Abraham was called one time before when he lived in Mesopotamia. God called him there and said I want you to do this. I want you to pack up your family and your belongings and I want you to go to a land that I am sending you to. And no, God does not define where that land is at. All he indicates is pack up and go. And maybe he did or maybe he didn't. Maybe that he just couldn't rationalize what God was trying to do him trying to get him to do and he just ignored it and continued on with his life or maybe he left Mesopotamia on that journey and stopped in Haran because it was there where he began to build a life for himself and it's there where he was blessed it's there where he spent time with his father but it's also there where god called yet again abraham pack up your stuff Take your family, all your possessions, all your riches, and go to this land that I need you to go to. Again, i want to tell you to go, but I'm not going to tell you exactly where that land is at. And that's what God does with us sometimes. He looks at us and our resources and our capabilities and our willingness to learn and move forward and says, I want you, Tommy, to pack up your bags and I want you to go somewhere where I'm not telling you to go to. I'm not giving you direction or specifics on where that place is at. For example, Tommy, I want you to to go into ministry in the United Methodist Church, but I'm not going to tell you today that in 10 years I'm going to have you in Bloomingdale, Georgia. You're just going to have to trust that what I am calling you to do is good for you, good for others, and is a part of the practical will of my life. You just have to trust that. I'll give you glimpses as you walk down the road of of what the end product looks like. And when you don't think you can make it, when trouble arises, I will give you strength to pick up and carry on. And that's what he was saying to Abraham. You have a life that is familiar to you. You know what to expect from your friends and your family and your community on a daily basis. You know their habits. You know their cares and their concerns. And in that you find security. And if we look at life like that, how lot God has, has formed around us a community of people and a system of beliefs and, and a system of practices, that, and we've, we've lived that out year after year, then we know for a fact that that, that works when we apply it to our lives and, and we think in our hearts and our minds that, that that's the way it's always going to be, that that same practical principles of life will always be the way that we do things. Until God comes into our life and says, that chapter in your life has now come to a close. I need you to go somewhere else. Now, you may not be called to pack up your bags and move to a different location like Abraham was called to do. You may be asked to stop thinking about life and and circumstances the way that you've always thought about them. You may be asked to to take a new challenge in life, to step out on faith and, and do something different. And the aspect of leaving something behind means leaving behind old systems. Because those systems that we've become so comfortable with have worked for us in the past, they will not work for us in the future because no matter how much we want to to change or control circumstances around us, we can't do it. For example, the way I preach. The way I preach is effective for you. You are accustomed to an old school Baptist slash Pentecostal slash Methodist preacher. But there is a generation of people out there who can't stand people who preach like me, believe it or not. I know it's hard to believe. There's a different way of talking to them and a different way of communicating to them. And it doesn't sound so hardcore. And sometimes it sounds watered down. But the truth is that the way a preacher communicates will depend on how the people receive the message. You see, the the people that are out there today are much like our little children that we were raising when we were coming up in church. We gave of our time and our resources to invest in them that that they would grow up to be strong, healthy Christians. And we talked to them like children because that's what a child understood. We pointed them in directions and told them what they had to do and when they had to do it in the hopes that, that they would learn to develop their own thought processes and understanding of how life functions and how God works in lives. And that generation of people that are out there today need to be spoken to in a manner much like that You see, they don't know who Abraham is. If if I was to come in today and start talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you would know who I'm talking about. If I was to come in here today and start talking about the great revelation, you would have some idea of what I'm talking about. And if I was to come in here today and tell you the story of a man who came into this world, for the sole purpose of dying, who purposely and willingly went to the cross at Calvary, gave his life that that we would be free from the burden of sin and reconciled back to God, you would know what I'm talking about. But you see, there's a generation of people out there that, that don't know what we're talking about when we go out and we speak to those people in terms that we think, They will understand because we understand it. And they leave having no more knowledge of the topic than they did when we first met. It's not because we didn't share. It's because we didn't share in a way that was effective. You know, one of the most confusing books of the Bible to me At least the first couple of verses comes from the book of John. Baffled me all my life because John says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God, and then the Word became flesh. And I was so lost in that message that I couldn't figure out what is all this emphasis on Word, and why is Paul, or John, speaking with word instead of real words that I can understand. And here's what I come to find out about that passage of scripture, that that when he was writing that particular book, he was writing to to someone or to a community of people with Greek understanding of life. And what the Greeks understood was was that there was something that happens in the universe, that there was a force, a power that, that controlled everything. And in their language word was that power word according to the greek is what called the universe together it's what made the sun to rise it's what caused the waters from the ocean to come in and go out during the tides it's what brought communities of, of people of like-mindedness together in certain areas over here when when other people over here were different according to them Word, that universal power is what controlled the universe. And what John was trying to do when he said that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God, the Word was with God, was was speaking to that generation of people in a manner that they understood. He said, okay, I know that you understand Word as a universal power, so we're going to say that in the beginning was the Word. And that word was with God, and the word was God. But then he brings in the main teaching. But the word became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. So he, he spoke to them in a manner that they could understand. That they could put the pieces together. That, in a manner that, that they would be able to capture in their hearts and their minds that aha moment when oh the light comes on we get it we understand that that word is not a universal power that goes around that word is god himself that word flesh is jesus christ incarnate and that god and jesus control the universe that if it wasn't for god there would be no sunrise if it wasn't for god controlling the universe there would be no tides coming in and out He spoke to them in a way that they could understand. We may not understand what it is that God calls us to do sometimes when He calls us. But what's important that as as Christians, that that as disciples of Jesus Christ, is, is that we put forth the faith first and foremost to respond. And then put forth the physical ability to go forward and do what it is that God called us to do. And if God calls us to, to change the way that we speak, then we change the way that we speak because it's not about us, it's about them. And beyond them, it's not about them, it's about God. We have to be like Abraham sometimes when God calls us. We have to be that people who are willing to accept on faith that, yes, the the one that I hear calling, it is not my brother, it is not my sister, but it is my heavenly father. And then put into action and put into motion the plan that he has for our lives. God has blessed us in so many ways throughout our life with family and friends, with good jobs and safe places to live. And He doesn't want to take any of that away from us. And if we look at Abraham's life, we know that that we don't have to live in fear of of losing those blessings because when God called Abraham, he didn't say, leave all your stuff behind. He said, pack it up and take it with you. And even where I'm sending you, I'm going to bless you there. And I think that that says to us that sometimes when when we start dealing with, with people who are different than us, that we don't have to worry about losing our blessings because of them. And I know that sounds like a, a silly statement, but you know, I, I'm gonna put my selfish side out there for just a moment. I like my stuff. I like going home and picking up my guitar every once in a while, and I don't want you to come take it away from me. I like my television. I like to sit down and watch a good Star Wars movie every once in a while. I don't want you to cut my power off so that I can't do that. And sometimes when we think about new people coming into our lives, what we think about is this. How are their actions going to impact the way I live today? In other words, how are their choices going to change what I do, and how are their choices going to impact what I have and what I experience in life? And that is a valid, valid concern. Because there are times when we let the wrong people in our lives, when we give the wrong people the wrong responsibilities, and they don't cherish it, and they don't take care of it. And instead of blossoming from the experience, they create havoc. And we watch out for those people. We we don't let new people into our lives and give them responsibility without wisdom. Not their wisdom, but our wisdom. Because we know that if we take a person who cannot manage their money at home and give them our money to manage they're not going to manage it very well but if it's just a matter of doing something differently can we have another thing to look at take faith that what god has called you to he's called you to for a purpose And not just for our immediate benefit here, but for the benefit of others further down the road. Moving forward requires letting go. Moving forward requires doing things differently. Moving forward requires learning the needs and being willing to invest into the lives of those that we would think should already be established. And they may be established in the ways of the world. And they may be established in in their careers, but they are not by any means established in the ways of God. And for us to move forward, those are the new changes that we have to make in our lives. I say this all the time that change isn't easy, and I try to tell you something that I've had to change in my life. So that you know that I'm sincere. Before I started speaking today, I was sitting here thinking about Frank Cox. He's the, Bap- he's the Baptist minister of North Metro First Baptist Church. And he has been one of the most influential pastors in my life. Not so much what he said or that he was even there for me because he wasn't. Because he was from one of those larger churches where you really didn't talk to the pastor unless it was a dire emergency because there were so many people there. But it's because of the way he communicates from the pulpit. You see, I, I, I th- sit right there and I and I think about how he delivers messages with with passion and with authority and care and concern all at the same time. And I think about how I was when I first started out. And I'm telling you today, the preacher that I was 10 years ago was not the preacher you won't hear today. Because I had to learn how to stop being a drill instructor. And I had to learn how to stop being a police officer. I had to learn how to stop looking for the bad in everyone and start looking for the good. And I had to learn how to communicate in a way that was effective to those that I was speaking to. And it wasn't easy. A lot of pressure applied, a lot of negative peer pressure was applied, which to me is good. That means you get to tell me what I'm doing wrong so that I can fix myself. I'm all about that. And it was a lot of hurting people's feelings until I could learn not to do so. But I heard God's call. And for better or worse, I packed up my family and we went to that land that God wanted us to arrive to, not knowing then where it would be. And I say that because of this. Some of the things about the military and policing, I gave up. Some of the things I did not because some of the things I believe in my core to be true. And one of those things is this. Leaders make leaders. So when I look out to you today, I don't look out and see a congregation of people in need. I look out today and I see a congregation of leaders, a congregation of people that God has called forward to this moment in time and to this congregation to hear a call that he puts on your life to go out into his world and bring into his house children who are lost and are in need of love, who are in need of healing you are in need of a community of believers that you are a congregation of people that God has blessed and calls to bless yet again if you too pick up the call to move forward in faith into that land that you don't yet know or not yet understand. But we know by our history that that land is a good place. And it may not be an easy road to get there, and there may be days when when you don't want to move forward, and there may be days when you don't want to act. And there may be days when you want to quit, But remember that the very one who called you doesn't send you out alone, nor does he send you into a land that he has not yet been. Our God goes before us to pair our way. So I challenge you today. Do you hear God's call on your life? To not just enjoy the benefits of the blessings that he has given us in this church and in this community, but to hear a call to reach out to a people and prepare for them a place to come and live, a place to come and worship, a place to come and put down roots so that what you've begun in your life can continue on in another generation. God's calling will you answer the call. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for this opportunity that you've given us today. And Father, as we prepare to leave here today, let us be leaving knowing that you have spoken a word to our hearts as a a community or as an individual, Father God, for whatever purpose it is that, that you call upon us to do. Help us, Father God, to be like Abraham to leave the comfort of the blessings that you have given us, to to move into a new way, into a land that we do not yet know, but we know that you are there already having it prepared for us. Help for us to be to this world, Father God, a light of hope that leads them back home to you. And help us, Father God, to build not just a church, but a community of believers that will be a light to an entire world. In Christ's name we pray, amen.